listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden, and joining me once again, the people's champion, Brandon Cole. Hey, guys. I'm back. And uh, today, we, Brandon and I text a couple times a week, and our latest topic was replacement, or is there a replacement for displacement, a.k.a. small engine with a turbo versus a large naturally aspirated engine. And uh, so I guess my argument is maximum potential. If you take any engine. Well, hold on a second. Let's dig into this first. Okay. So, so first off, if you, if you, you look back, if you grew up around the, the car industry and and engine building performance type stuff, and you know, you were brought into it with your grandfather or your dad or something like that. And, you know, you're maybe 30 plus 40 plus years old or something like that. You've definitely heard the saying way back when that there is no replacement for displacement. And so, um, and you know, back in the sixties and seventies, like, I think that really rained true. I mean, it was really, I mean, all those big blocks back in the day, nothing could touch them. Well, there's one, there's one formula for horsepower back then cubic inches plus fuel. Yeah, pretty much basically. Like that's yeah. all the, that's all there was to do. Like there was soup, there's forced right. induction, but that was in like F1. Like that was nowhere near yeah, your local I mean, hot you know, rod shop around back then and but you know i don't think they were the technology wasn't nearly as good as it was today when it's refined or anything but but basically um you know i think that really rang true and there wasn't really any good arguments for it up until maybe around the 90s maybe late 80s when when things started getting shaken up and um and so um, the first you, one to probably really, shake it up like that would be the Grand National, right? Yeah, that's why. That's that's actually the exact reason I said late '80s. So yeah, that little three point something liter, whatever it was, in the Grand National. Um, yeah, a little turbo on it, and actually, fastest production car. Yeah, in 1987, it was the fastest production car made. Like it was actually like, like I guess I guess in a straight line beat like Lamborghinis and Ferraris of its time. I believe um, it. Which is it was just crazy to think about, but um, yeah, it it was quite the vehicle at the time. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that was probably one of the first times, basically like notable, anyways. First thing that came to mind where it's like maybe maybe displacement isn't exactly going to get you there if you're just going for maximum power and that's really what the american way is just tons of horsepower tons of torque yep straight Um, line point and shoot so i would say one of the first things that that i would i would argue though on on the other side of displacement would be RPM and just superior head flow, which is actually something I took from a Ford article written is just uh, like Ford's always, you know, they've always had their V8s, but they almost always are smaller than, you know, mm-hmm. Chevrolet's and Mopar stuff with their old 4.6s and their Mustangs. And now they're, they're still five O's and everybody else is running 6.2s, 6.4s. Um, yep. So they're, they're significantly smaller, but what they have is one, they're always running more RPM. They're usually always dotch, some dual overhead action. 
Yeah, yeah. Always um, lots of RPM, dual overhead cam, and extremely good flowing cylinder heads, which you basically have to have when you're revving uh, higher RPM than everybody else. Um, so um, that, w- that would probably be my first argument there, that maybe there is something to be had with a lot of technology, a really well-built engine that can produce a lot of power with less cubic inches. You have to have extremely good flowing cylinder heads, um, everything good flowing, and then just being able to push some extra RPM to achieve what these other guys are achieving at lower RPMs. Um, that's a perfect example of that. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's another one. I'd, I was going to bring up just cause it's my desktop background is the Shelby GT 350. They're getting 526 oh, yeah. naturally aspirated horsepower at like 8,500 RPM out of a 5.2 liter V8. That's a, that's a 5.2, right? Yeah. 5.2. Yeah. Okay. So how much horsepower was it? 526. Okay. So that's, that's a hundred horsepower per liter, basically. Right. Um, okay. So think about that. So like, uh, as to the Honda S 2000 with a two liter made 240, so it actually made 200 and, or sorry, 120 horsepower per liter at the time. Which is the crazy. Most, the most horsepower per liter on a naturally aspirated production engine, um, when it came out. And that, I mean, that, that included everything like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, anything that was naturally aspirated which yeah which is awesome but it, it took nine thousand rpm to do it right um, but either, either way i mean that's 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 pretty cool um 240 you, horsepower i mean that's more than mustangs were making back in the early 90s i mean that's, that's pretty solid with a two-liter engine but i mean but then you're, you're only producing 240 <laughs> everything everybody else is producing a lot more so you're really stretching to get everything out of that engine um, right. A lot, of, a lot of tuners proved that there wasn't m- much left in there unless you went like individual throttle bodies and then just kept revving it up to and past 10,000 RPM. <laughs> which is crazy. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. So it's a dirt um, bike at that point. Yeah. We're all a, a sport bike. Right. Um, um, That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that'd probably be like maybe my first argument there. I'm not saying that's going to debunk it by any means because at the end of the day, you know, it is hard to beat that even with tons of RPM and, uh, and, you know, do you consider fuel to be part of the equation? You know what I mean? Like if you're running, like 110 octane or something versus pump gas versus ethanol versus, you know, all yeah, that no, stuff. That's, that's a, that's a valid argument. Um, but what's to say I can't just run that fuel in a big block. Right. Well, big I mean, design. that's, that's, that's my point though. Are you consider like, are we doing fuel for fuel? Like uh, E85 is 10 times more effective in a boosted application than if you were to put in a naturally aspirated, you know what I mean? So yeah, are, am I explaining that or no, no, I understand. Yeah. You're, and you're right. Yeah. You definitely get a lot more out of, um, out of uh, like E85 or ethanol or uh, stuff like that. Uh, higher octane fuels when you, you are running, uh, um, a boosted application. So sure. Yeah. That can do that. I mean, that would just dive us straight into the next thing. Um, like, like uh, power adders, nitrous turbos, superchargers, um, you know, you know, you got, if I have a, if I have a, 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 a 454 
inch big block Chevrolet. Um, and I'm trying to compete, um, with a, you know, an, an old, uh, a five Oh Windsor engine from the nineties Ford. Um, you know, that, that's a huge gap that it has to make up. That's, that's about, uh, 154 cubic inches that I'm trying to compete with. So there, there's just no way. I don't think you can, you can spend enough uh, RPM on a well-built, um, um, five Oh to compete with a well-built 454. So yeah, you put a supercharger right. or something in the mix there, then it can bridge that gap for sure. No doubt about it. Um, and the LS would, is the best example of that. You slap a turbo on a 6.2 LS and boost it to the I, moon. You make that's actually, I started to watch the latest episode of Engine Masters where Freiburger <laughs> is attempting to get a thousand horsepower completely NA out of a BBC. No nitrous, well, that, just that's, that's a totally giant doable. carburetor. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that, yeah, it was, I wish I would have watched it because I would probably have a little bit more to add to the conversation. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying I've ever seen that, but I have seen like some 800 horsepower deals and I'm sure with uh, some really top notch engine builders, you know, brulee over there <laughs> doing his tuning and, oh, yeah. and, you know, throwing ridiculous amounts of money at top notch. Well, that's the other thing. Parts. As I heard it at a drag race once, it made me laugh. It was like speed costs money. How fast do you want to spend? And that's exactly. all it is with any of this stuff. Like that's, it costs a hundred thousand dollars to get to squeeze a couple horsepower out of a naturally aspirated air cooled Porsche engine, because you're getting <laughs> just, you're splitting hairs that have been split so many times. Right. But I mean, it can be done. It just, it it just costs money. Sure. So, so here's where I was wanting to go with this though. Um, so if you have say whatever engine, rather it be an old, uh, four G six, three out of an Evo or the, the S 2000 engines, small Chevrolet engine, small Ford V eights, whatever, whatever you want to do that, that you consider to be a smaller engine on the South side of this big block or big cubic inch gap. Um, how, how what what can you do to that engine to make it outperform say a big block Chevrolet, which I consider kind of the king of the hill. I mean, I even even over LSs, over over Mopar, big block. Naturally aspirated for sure. Well, let me get let me let me keep going with it though, because I don't okay. think there really is anything that is going to beat it. Um yes, yeah, so naturally aspirated, yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be really hard to beat it, but Say you okay, say you do the turbo on your LS. Okay, we'll just use something common. Um, your 6.0, 6.2s, whatever you want to throw in the mix there. Um, even even the uh, well, we can't use the uh, the 7.0 because I'll kind of go into the big inch category. Yeah, but, um, uh, I was gonna say pretty much anything south of a 427, I would yeah, consider I was gonna to say, be. I was gonna say south of 400 cubic inches. That's um, fair. Yeah, that was that. That's that's what I consider big cubic inch. Uh, anything over 400. Um, so, uh, that would mean, um, so, so you, you have, you have your turbo or whatever on your LS type engine under 400 cubic inches. Um, what's to say I can't just put a turbocharger on my 540 inch big block. Well, that's, I, I agree. <laughs> I think once you start doing power adders, there is no replacement for displacement. Exactly. Like everything taking it to its to its max, everything boosted, everything nitrous, everything ethanol, everything, everything. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's like there's no way to beat it. Now 
the, the GTR people have a pretty good argument because they're getting 2000 plus horsepower out of that. Granted, not small V6, but of what four, sure. four liters, the big bored out maxed out ones. Yeah. I'm not really sure on those. Yeah. But That's still right. small, like smaller than any like super yeah. popular well, V8. I mean, and those they're old, getting those old two JZs were, I think were three liters and they, I mean, they're just amazing. Yeah. You know, same thing. Just, so, <laughs> I mean, but, then you hear those numbers like, holy crap. And then you hear, a, you know, some crazy top fuel dragster makes 14,000 horsepower. Yeah. And that's no, everyone, uh, those are generally based off of, uh, uh, big block Mopar engines. Okay. So <laughs> we're just going BBMs. back to the big engine displacement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I don't think there's any argument to be made. Like, power yeah. to weight maybe but i mean who knows man once you're getting to the outer edges of performance like right i don't know yeah. so the, the reason i kind of think about that today you know i always grew up um you know american muscle and all that stuff but my actually my first car was a mitsubishi eclipse and so i kind of got into that tuner scene of course i've had evos and s2000s as well and uh, so i really did get to appreciate um smaller engines on lighter weight vehicles and what they're capable of and all the great things so i'm definitely not bashing them in any way but i would come but you know i'd pull up in my evo or my s2000 or whatever and then you know, you know, all the other tuner guys start talking about this, like, you know, how they're, they're, whatever they have is, is better than, you know, these V8s, these bigger engines. And, and I tried to explain to them, I was like, yes, man, like, you know, this car, I, I beat all the Corvettes, I beat all the Camaros with it. You know, it's, it's a very rare occasion. I, I run into something that was faster than what, what I had, the S2000. Um, but, at the end of the day, you know, if you just go get a, a, an, a, you know, born stroke and LS and slap a turbo on it, there's no way I'm going to stand a chance against it. I'm not going to make half yeah. the power. It's, it's just, and I think a lot of them, a lot of people, I think they just get biased and maybe what they're driving and in, in their culture and all that. But, um, yeah, I, I try For to sure. explain to people whenever I do have a conversation is like, man, what you have can make it can make do whatever you want. It's going to be awesome. But at the end of the day, when it just comes to making power, it comes down to displacement and how much money you want to spend on top of that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the LSs have definitely brought big horsepower down into the somewhat working man's range, but that's, that's the common denominator in all power is how much money do you have to spend? Mm -hmm. unfortunately yeah yep, but i mean sure. like a junkyard truck ls with some aluminum like high flowing heads and a turbo and maybe some pistons like it's probably what five five seven grand to make all that happen um yeah i'm aftermarket yeah let's well, going aftermarket cylinder heads and all that yeah they can, it can get relatively expensive but i mean but i mean um, seven grand for eight plus 800 plus horsepower at that point of reliable horsepower like that's pretty that's, cheap that's honestly. pretty cheap man like you know, that, it's that hard to complain about that yeah it's seven grand and seven grand is yeah. seven grand if you don't have it you don't have it i don't have it but i can still appreciate that seven grand is a pretty small price to pay to run well, tens here's here's a here's an example so two two engines that i i didn't personally build myself i had i had an engine shop uh build for me one was the s2000 um mm -hmm with the uh the f20c engine um you know about fourteen thousand dollars and it was a ground up build um 
That's crazy. It, it, cost, it cost me, yeah, it cost me about $14,000 to do that. You know, it made, it made uh, 550 horsepower at the wheels. It definitely would have made more, but there's really no point in going more. So let's say I made 600 at the wheels with that setup. Um, you know, I, I, the, the last one I had, um, built for me was a, was a big block Chevrolet engine. Um, it was a 454. I only had a, that was in out your a little truck, right? <laughs> yeah, I was in the 67 uh, C10. Um, uh, that I, I, um, I already had the engine. It was just an old, uh, nineties model Chevy big block. Um, nothing, nothing fancy, um, out of a, out of a one ton Chevy pickup. It, um, uh, with those, um, aluminum cylinder heads, uh, upgraded, uh, comp cams, camshaft, uh, higher compression pistons, um, you know, the intake and the carburetor and everything, uh, the whole thing, I'm in this, um, under three grand. I mean, this is like swap meat parts, just junk, junk parts thrown together. I never got this officially dynoed, but I guarantee it made every bit of 500 horsepower and mm. had to make over 500 pound feet of torque as well. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty safe. And to I, say. Mean, that, I mean, that's, that's what's roughly bored out roughly, um, uh, 460 cubic inches. So, you know, I'm in this engine, you know, a quarter of what I'm in the other one for, um, and the, the horsepower distance isn't that big, but keep in mind that S2000 made 350 pound feet of torque. That's well, it. Yeah. But I mean, then this comes down to application. If you throw the BBC and S2000 lined up against your S2000, your S2000, even with 300 less foot pounds of torque, is going to spin the tires and just destroy yeah. the BBC, I would imagine. Yeah, it would, it would just, yeah, it would never hook. But, yeah. but, I mean, dollar dollar for power, I mean, a whole lot more. Do you um, think yeah. the S2000 would cost that much to build now? just because of technology advances or do you feel, still think you'd be out that much? I mean, I think if, I think if you're doing it yourself, it's probably not that expensive, but I mean, this was a, this was, this guy was a very reputable engine builder and specialized on Hondas and all that stuff. So I probably played, paid a premium for that, but it wasn't just your typical build. It was iron sleeves, forged everything. Right. Um, you know, new pistons. I mean, cause I, I melt, I basically melted down the first engine. It, oh, it I remember the, the, uh, had that little Garrett turbo on there and the, the guys that originally built it, they just, I don't know that by the time they gave it to me, it was already like smoking out of the, uh, the, um, uh, the valve covers, uh, the valve cover vent areas. <laughs> like you smoke oh, no. this coming out of it my first pull, like first, like I didn't do a good, big pull. I just did like a, like a, like a 5,000 RPM pull. This is a 9,000 RPM engine. Um, you know, it, it just, it just blew, it melted a piston and I didn't even get home. I had to like get it towed home. And then, you know, you remember like six months later, I finally had my <laughs> engine yeah. back and everything put back together and ready to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I just think it takes a ton of money to make smaller engines make, or be competitive with bigger stuff. I mean, and th- I mean, like, like I said, if you, if I put, I, I was actually having a conversation with another guy. I was talking, I told him about the SC that I said, man, I would have put $14,000 in my Mustang. There's no way your SC thousand could have touched it. And I'm like, 
you're right. <laughs> you're yeah. Right. I mean, there's just no, there's no arguing. It, it weighs more, but he's going to make so much more power um, with, with, with that displacement, even if it's a little 4.6, it's, it's just more displacement equals more power. It takes, it takes displacement to make power. I mean, I think there's really no other way around it. Rather you put boost or nitrous or anything into the equation. Yeah, no. And I mean, then you get into the non-sexy part of it, which is application-based stuff. Like a yeah. 1.3 liter turbo is going to work a lot better in my commuter car than a Coyote, you know? So sure. Nobody if, cares it, about commuter cars, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Bastards. Fuck a ball. Yeah. I need to drop a BBC into my Accord. Then I'll get. Then I'll. Then I'll be respected. Are you back in an Accord? Yeah, for now, my buddy's trying to sell the uh, the the Ram, so I can mm-hmm. get rid of that payment. So back in the Honda for now. Um, yeah. Probably try and keep it for a little bit just to tool around. I don't want to buy another car till I move to Texas. Yeah. That's when the uh, C5 Z06 comes into play. Hell yeah. I've been the, watching. Uh, that's been watching. Uh, no, that's uh five, seven. No, it's not. C5. Mm-hmm. You're talking about C. Oh, oh, sorry. You're talking C5. I think it's in C6. Yeah, you're right. My bad. No, My bad. God. I wish I would. Well, C6 isn't that. I could find a more beat up C6 and get it for a roughly the same price as a mint C5. But yeah, I think I'd rather just buy the older C5. You like the fancy stuff, all pristine. I'm, I'm spoiled, man. I like to be bougie. I'm already <laughs> thinking about like. I'll be the first guy with a race car with a full cage and a full stereo. Like I'm already planning to be that guy. I'm, I want it all. <laughs> hey, well, I'll be your pit crew, man. Oh yeah, man. And that's the other thing. I can't wait to get out there to start doing some stuff with you. Now that you've got your, your fancy air conditioned garage. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of honestly getting a little bored of the Broncos, so I might have to uh, I might have to do something else pretty soon. We'll be the Z Boys. <laughs> we have to officially announce the Z Boys on the podcast. The the way I ended up set on a C five Z six is Brandon want us to be the Z Boys and he would drive an old Z and I would drive a new one. And then wait, 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 wait. I thought I thought it was I thought we were piggybacking off of the, the other guys with their uh their three fifty Zs and their three hundred Zs. Yeah, that's you were gonna get the older one, right? And then I was gonna get a, oh, a newer oh, I one. I you're talking about the Z06 though. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh no, yeah. and then you as you tend to do skipped immediately back to American muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you told me to get the C5 Z06. And I was like, that first off, that's the most slept on value in muscle cars right now. You can get 400 horsepower LS real world drive stick speed for like, if you want to get real dirty, like 15 grand. Yeah. You can yeah, get so- one that's like mint for 18 to 20. Yeah, definitely out of my price range. Um, so I think I think whatever I do next, I gotta really just be set on not wanting to have like an extremely powerful vehicle. I just want to have like something fun that I can drive because like this was. Do I need to play a few episodes back to you when you're using this same justification to get your Bronco? Oh, <laughs> you're like, oh, I, I don't want anything fast. This seems to be all around yeah, utility that, vehicle. <laughs> 
Dude, I go back and forth. This has like been my like disease, my addiction, my entire <laughs> life. It's just cars. They like always get me messed up. And, well, you're and you're amongst that, friends here. Right now. So like this this Bronco, like I started doing so much research on it. You know, 351 Windsors are great engines. They can do so much. There's a lot of aftermarket support for them. Um, but the the whole the whole speed density system in this and the, the electronic system and then if you if you try to get rid of that and go with like a like a carbureted setup instead of this uh, instead of the uh, the speed density and fuel injection, um, mm. then you have to get like a standalone uh, transmission controller to still control the transmission. And then if, if you want to keep all that, you have to get like standalone computers just to tune that because otherwise you're just limited. All it to, takes like, is money, Brandon. <laughs> It takes so much money and more than I like bought the damn thing for just to get 300 horsepower out of the, out of a, out of a decently sized engine. So that's, that's one of the things that's like messing with me right now. And, and, and then I think the answer <laughs> has been here all along. You just throw a BBC <laughs> in it, buddy. That seems that's uh, if we stop the episode now, that's what I would write in the, the show notes is, don't even bother listening. You need to be and BBC that's, and that's all there is to it. One of the other things I've done is when I go get something, I just end up working on it. I think I like the idea of wrenching and doing stuff sometimes. And then I just don't actually get to enjoy the car. I think I just want something that's legitimately fun to drive and just drive it enjoy it. Maybe do a little bit of stuff to it just to make it, make it kind of cool. But I'm realistically, I'm not racing anymore. I'm not, they, they shut the trip, the local drag strip down. I'm not going to go drive an hour away all the time to go race. I'm definitely not going to street race anymore. I learned that lesson the hard way. And, uh, um, you know, I, 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 I live kind of small town, Texas. So I mean, I can do some back road pulls and stuff like that, but otherwise I got to, I got to take we'll, it easy we'll now. See once I pull up with my Texas speed thumper cam <laughs> and on like my dad did pull up in that Corvette the other day. He tossed me the keys and I kind of went and lit it up. But yeah, golly, I've driven so many fast cars now. That C5 felt so slow to me. Well, bone stock, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, Cletus just stock. got rid of his C8 because he's like, ah, it's too slow. You can't do enough to it right now. Like it's think, by far the slowest fund something else. Yeah. Well, he's, he's using the money to get his bleachers, but I'm sure if he could make it as fast oh, as everything right. else, he wouldn't have. That's what he said yeah. in the video, at least who knows, but I mean, he also made a small profit on it. So good for him. Yeah. Jeez. They're pretty sad. They're actually everywhere now. I'm seeing them all over the place in, in like the, you know, wealth, more wealthy areas, uh, DFW here. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few around here. They're I don't know, man. Dead. I still think the C7 is, is it's more Corvette to me. Like, I don't think Corvette I think, when I, I see the new this, one. I think C7 is the first thing that strayed away from Corvette. You know, they got rid of everything that was the Corvette, especially the, the rear taillights. That was like tried and true for decades. And they, they, they went, they strayed away from it. And I, I haven't forgiven them That's yet. true. That's fair. I didn't think about it like that. I'm not, I'm not super. I'm just recently like opening my heart to Chevrolet. So 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not super I precious kinda, about it. I kind of them for a while, but at the end of the day, when it comes to just making power, they kind of got it on lockdown. At least, they, at least they just have enough aftermarket support. I guess there's enough people that just like Chevrolet, so aftermarket supports it so much that you yeah, get, you get good stuff for the Chevys. Yeah, hopefully Ford's gonna catch up with the uh, the seven three and the the Coyote. It, Coyote seems to be making leaps and leaps and bounds, so it's good news. Yeah, well, I think I'm, I'm still still a little bit worried about the the seven three. So there's a lot of hype for it. A lot of people are real curious about it. The trucks are selling, um, but like the six point two gas truck, the, a gas engine they put in the um, F250s, F350s. Um, they got no aftermarket support because it just lived for a short time in the Raptors and F150s, and it's just a work inch after that. Right. So I, I'm wondering if the 7.3 is going to see any of that because you don't really get that heavy aftermarket support unless an engine makes its way into a sports car. Like right. that's, I mean, it's, it's, if the five Oh only was in the F one fifty, it would have some support. Cause it's one of the, uh, you know, best selling pickup trucks, but it wouldn't have the support that it has now. Um, right. without the Mustang, <laughs> same well, with I, the LSs. It wouldn't have what it has without the Camaro uh, or even the Corvette. That's true. Um, I've seen, I've seen a few guys in that, uh, Facebook group, that have done some aftermarket stuff on it and put a the seen one guy put a whipple on it and some e85 he was making like 800 horse i think on um, on the 73 yeah yeah so yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've already seen some i saw i watched a uh, pretty long video of uh, an engine builder that actually i guess custom made some parts for it and and uh i guess put it on an engine dyno and it, it was, I don't remember the numbers, but it was impressive. It, it's a very impressive engine. It's very capable, but that just goes back to what we originally were talking about on this displacement, man. That's uh, what 7.3 was that come out to around? Uh, that's, that's like a 427, 430, something like that. Yeah, I think 430, 440 cubic inch range, somewhere around there. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's plenty of displacement, especially with modern technology and superior flowing cylinder heads, good compression and all that. I mean, it's just going to make power. It's going to be one of those engines. I, in my opinion, and we'll see what happens. Only time will tell, but it's one of, it's going to be one of those engines. You can stuff a, a cam, a, a, a bigger cam in there and, and it's just going to make really good power with the basic 445 tuna. cubic inches. Sorry. 445, yeah. Yep. So that's damn near a big block big block yeah. numbers okay so that's a that's another thing i keep i keep running into i'm on a, i'm on you're on the 73 page i'm on there trolling all the time oh um, yeah you know, these guys, these guys <laughs> yes you are there. everybody's like oh i'm so glad like uh we get four finally has another big block or like right, they buy they go buy the new 73 got me a big block whatever i keep seeing it on there i was like okay listen guys i'm putting it out here on public now on chris talks cars it is not a big block <laughs> the 73 is actually one of the smallest engines Ford's produced in a long time. Like, like dimensions wise, it's smaller than the 4.7 or I'm sorry, the 4.6. It's a small really? engine. It's, it's I like didn't know LM that. Size. That's crazy. It's, it's little. That's why everybody's excited about it because it's, it, it, it's why you don't see a lot of coyotes in, 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 uh, in Fox bodies because it, it, 
it's only five liters, but it's a big engine because it's got these massive cylinder heads. So That's it's super true. Wide and it fits That's up true. Those freaking yeah. cylinder heads are obtrusive. They're yeah, they're obtrusive? really big. I don't know. That's the same thing that happened with those 4.6s, the 5.4s, Ford put out a long time ago. This 7.3, it's got good displacement, but it is not a big engine and that's why everybody's excited about it because they're going to be able to stuff it into mustangs and anything really i mean it has, yes. the potential. it has the potential it has the right design as a just a good old push rod engine to really be in anything that it wants to be in i mean i i, I wish ford would be like all right we're gonna go like have a special edition and just stuff it in some raptors or some f-150s or maybe a mustang or do something with it i mean it's, it's a cool enough engine that I want it. Ooh. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, the over the uh, overhead cam engines, honestly, because I've never worked on them. So they're kind of, they're kind of foreign to me. Yeah. I wonder if like, cause you know, Hennessy, they do those Raptor swaps. I wonder if they'd start doing seven threes into Raptors. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why that, not. That would I mean, be I sweet. The, I think the, they're the, putting uh, whippled coyotes in them now. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a shop here. I can't remember what it's called. They put these wide bodies. Honestly, I think they look stupid as hell, but and then they, they soon have the engines at speed shop. They like almost exclusively do F-150s and Raptors and they make them That's crazy looking. Something else I thought about was uh, buying a short bed, single cab, five liter F-150 make a racetrack man i would love that even even a old silverado with like a 5.3 in it or something like that i would love to have something like that it'd be be a lot of fun i mean it's got utility plus it's uh they they can be legitimately fast because they're not terribly heavy and they got the right engines in them Um, right but uh yeah i don't know but you know like the like you're saying with the raptor with the uh, 7.3 and you know those, the 5.3 is is pretty tough to beat with that instant low end torque and it's still gonna it's got two turbos on it so i mean that's gonna be really tough to beat but yeah if they can figure out um how to how to really get easy power out of these i think i think it's definitely going to be a strong aftermarket support for it but uh, it's like i said i'm still worried because if they only offer it in an f-250 and just offer some great engines on the side i think there's going to be a a a lack of aftermarket support for it just like they did with the 6.2 but time will tell i think this is a better engine so definitely will do better anyways hopefully you know, it's it sucked to see it like the voodoo that seems doomed to die in the in the GT three fifty because it's pretty great engine. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. So actually, you know, we were just talking about the uh, the new Z06. I don't know if it's actually been officially released yet we just seen some like car and driver reports on it but it's supposed to be a 5.5 dual overhead cam engine which is crazy because we actually haven't seen one of those since the 90s and the old zr1 which was um uh, made by lotus lotus actually made an engine for the zr1 back in the 90s um and uh this uh now we, we're back in the dual overhead cam thing so i i'm worried it's gonna just be like a one-off engine that nobody nobody's gonna really support too much because 
if there's not a ton of them out there, aftermarket companies can't make a lot of money on it. Right. But maybe they're going to go to that. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's, I feel like it's easier to do aftermarket stuff now too, because like 3d scans and you can, you can model stuff and CNC machine parts so much easier than you could back in the day. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, it's not the huge true. barrier to entry to research and development. Like, yeah, custom ground cams and stuff now are pretty big, pretty easy to come by with shops, especially out here in DFW. And then, yeah, CNC porting, Kyle, there's some like mom pa shops around here that do CNC porting now. So yeah, right, definitely, uh, definitely living in a different age, trying to yeah. make these uh, oil burners survive over this electric stuff coming up. <laughs> the the oncoming siege of electric yeah. but i'm hoping the hybrid stuff takes off because that'll that's really the 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 perfect mixture of it when you've got your your supercars and your teslas that are zero to 60 and damn near sub two seconds i really got a little butthurt the other day i looked up i was like i looked up just googled it i said what's the fastest car up pike's peak it's a freaking electric car man really <laughs> Is it a Tesla or is it some one-off thing? It's, no, it's, it's not a one-off. I don't remember the brand. You can Google it real quick, but it's uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's a known brand, but uh, yeah, electric yeah. engines don't give a shit about altitude. Yeah. So they just ran that again. Did you see uh, that old uh, GMC diesel? They ran up it. No, I didn't see that. Oh, it was super dope, man. It was a Volkswagen, though, you said, the fastest one? Yeah, the Volkswagen. I'm not even going to try to say that name. And it's, like, legit. It's, like, a lot faster than whatever number two is. Dang. Like second place. It, it did it. Yeah. It did it under seven seconds. Um, I mean, sorry, under under eight, eight, eight minutes. Dang. I, I drove up there once when uh, I was staying in Denver, and... I was behind these people in it there. So there's this car that was going just literally as slower than idle. It was so slow that these guys in motorcycles that were in front of me, like kept having to stop because they couldn't move forward fast enough to like stay up. And they're just like smoking their clutches. And, uh, I got altitude sickness when I got to the top. So Oh, really? Good times. I, yeah. I think I'd definitely like to go there. I was, I was actually talking to another friend about heading out there. Uh, uh, you remember Matthew Norton from Navy? Oh, yeah. uh, he, um, he actually went and he went to one of those races. He said it was, he said it was really cool. Yeah. They do a, a half mile race there too. Uh, airstrip attack. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely on my list. I'd like to go do that one day. It's a, it's in uh, Colorado, isn't it? Colorado Springs, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hopefully, we're going to be um, in there sometime this year, just on a little road trip vacation. Um, Denver's beautiful. Um, Breckenridge, which is just outside Denver, it's like this resort yeah. town. There, It's awesome, man. It's like the whole city is owned by the um, resort company. So yeah. it's like a curated Christmas town and there's like breweries and restaurants and like, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. 
Yeah, I'll probably hit you up and find the right areas to go to. Heck yeah. When we get there. Well, right, I'll be out your up. way early, early next year. So hopefully sooner. I've been looking at jobs out there. Just head out there a little earlier, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. Yep. So I hate that this doesn't have a recorder on it. I have no idea how long this episode was, but uh, I think it's a good place to stop. Um, I am at Chris Cox, Chris Talks Cars on Instagram. Uh, we are on YouTube at Cartoon Channel. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review all those things. Uh, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.